1: Today on The State of Us, what's going to impact your holiday plans? Airlines, online shopping, shipping, and physical stores. There's a lot to talk about. Welcome to The State of Us. I'm your host, Justin T. Weller. Of course, joined by our friendly redneck liberal, Mr. Lance L. Jackson. And today, as pretty much every day on The State of Us, there's important stuff to talk about, but today is a very full day. We've got a lot of different things that could potentially impact your holiday plans. Whether you're looking to travel, whether you're looking to buy something, there's a good chance that one of these things is going to impact uh, those plans. So it's a very interesting year and we're gonna dive into what exactly is happening Um, Are airlines meeting the challenges? What's happening on the front lines of the supply crisis? And what's happening with online shopping and physical stores? How has that dichotomy changed today? But before we get into it, Lance, what's the uh, word of the day? Well, it's not
2: dichotomy. So there you Ah, go. You're not up
1: up one. Dang it. It it was dichotomy, folks. And then I said it and it couldn't
2: give me one point lead. So to me, the... The holidays have just sidled up on me. Just, you know, that's the word of the day, sidled. Sidled. S-I-D. L-E-D. An intransitive verb meaning to move sideways, especially in a shy or stealthy manner. That's what the holiday time has done to me. It just sidled up on me. It's like, Uh, are you kidding me? It's time to talk about Christmas already? (laughs) I mean, it was rough enough getting ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, last week, much less now I got to worry about Christmas. How was, uh, how
1: was the Jackson Thanksgiving?
2: Thanksgiving was good. Thanksgiving was very good, but it was very enjoyable. Working
1: hard in the kitchen, get, got everybody fed.
2: And then I, and I, now I want to recover from it. And it's like, no, you got to do Christmas stuff. And it's like, oh my goodness.
1: So those first world problems. It really really is. I
2: mean, it's interesting too, just, uh, on an off note here, um, looking at some information, Consumers are ramping up spending. I mean, in October, spending was $16.3 trillion, up 13% from the previous month. And the high in the last four years was about $14.5 trillion back the Christmas before the pandemic. So record spending going on right now as we head into the holiday season. So what's all that got to do with – today's show. Well, I mean, we're spending money, folks. Now, you can say, well, prices are going up, so that, you know, is one reason why we're doing more spending. But it seems like people are getting out and getting their shopping done earlier because of some of the issues that we're talking about this today, right?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of not just that people uh, are, you know, out and about, but why are they out and about early? And to your point, part of that is because if you're savvy and you listen to shows like The State of Us, you would have known many months ago that this was going to be an issue. These supply chain shortages that we've been dealing with have only been exacerbated by the reality that people are eager to live life, right? That's what that's what they want to do. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? So, you know, they're out there buying stuff. You're going to see family um, and all of that has an impact on... and. The strong spending, right? People are making good money, and this is a thing. It's a it's a topic for an, a different day, Lance. But I think it's so important that we're that we're missing this, is that people are spending more because they have more, and that's partly because, as we've talked about, things have shifted in favor of the worker. Um, I think part of what's been weird the last year and a half is that I mean, obviously the pandemic, but. What I'm getting at is we were talking about, as many of you remember, before COVID became a thing, we were talking about with the conference board and stuff, the looming labor shortage, right? Well, now, boom, we're hit with this labor shortage, which was kind of paused by COVID. Um, But now there's new elements at play too. all these people that left the workforce that we weren't planning on leaving the workforce yet, in addition to uh, the COVID-19 concerns and how that all plays in. So people are eager to get back out there and live life. They're switching jobs, which makes it harder for companies to maintain supply lines because you know you don't know, do I have an experienced worker? Do I even have anybody at, at the post, let alone experienced or otherwise? So you've got record spending, record buying, you know, and you have people moving and leaving jobs at record numbers. So it's even harder to keep the people there to fulfill the orders.
2: You know, talking to a couple of people, though, in the last week or so, what I heard as well, just to add to that, is there are a number of people who during the pandemic realized, hey, we can do things and survive on one salary, and we like the slower lifestyle with the family. So I think, you know, the pandemic and people being laid off from work or not being able to work or afraid to work because of the spread of the coronavirus um, caused them to slow down and realize, well, there's another way we can live life. We don't have to have two incomes. I don't have to go to work or my spouse doesn't have to go to work. And the kids seem more satisfied and it's nice to eat dinner together and make it ourselves in our own kitchen and grow some of our own food and mend to repair some of the clothes we have instead of going out and buying new ones all the time. And I think, so it was interesting to hear these adults say, you know, it was the first time where we had to survive on one income and we found out we kind of like that lifestyle. So not that that's everybody, but that's another piece I think to the puzzle is that um, younger people you know, in their thirties and forties found out, well, we don't both have to work and we can still do the things we want to do. So
1: not only does that play in, uh, but as I was, as I was thinking Lance about, you know, the hiring and what companies are struggling with, there's obviously industries where that plays more or less into effect. But one of the interesting areas is the airlines, right? I mean, you can't just hire Lance Jackson to fly your jumbo jet. You know, oh well you can. Well I was gonna say say could now, you, could. No, you could you could, but I'm not flying on that plane. So <laughs> um, yeah. In you reference
2: know. to one of our old hosts. Oh, you
1: could. You yeah. could. You, you could. could do
2: that. You can. Probably not a wise choice, but you could do it. Yeah, you could. It is possible. Um I don't want me working TSA either. <laughs> I just say get your stuff and get on the plane. Let's go. Yeah, I'm not checking your darn bag. This line's way too long. <laughs> I gotta take a break. <laughs> So it's like, you'll never find me being a greeter at Walmart. I'm, yeah. I don't quite have the personality for it.
1: So the, the airlines have been really working to hire people. Cause I mean, over the last several months, we've all heard about, you know, oh, all these flights that are canceled and everything, but interestingly, the, the headline in the wall street journal from a week ago was airlines meet holiday challenge. So there's more planning and hiring is helping carriers succeed with no major snafus despite Heavy traffic. And well, how heavy of traffic? Well, for seven days in a row through Wednesday of last week, daily airport passenger volumes exceeded 2 million people, a streak that has not been seen since before the pandemic, according to the Transportation Security Administration. US airports bustled with over 2.3 million people Wednesday, the most hectic day since February of 2020. And this past Sunday was expected to be even busier. TSA officials have said. So people are back traveling and so far the airlines have been able to handle it. Part of that big surprise, Lance, that more planning and additional hiring have improved things. You mean when you plan things
2: out and then you hire people to do the jobs, things go smoother? Well, and I and I remember reading when I read that article, I remember reading that they they mentioned They've done some incentives for the workers that they have, you know, to incentivize the fact that you'll show up to work each day. I think what is going to be interesting to see is since that article, we've had the appearance of the Omicron variant and how will that affect holiday traveling? I don't think it's going to affect anybody. I think, I'm not sure that it's a good thing that it's not going to affect holiday travel, but I think we're going to see a lot of people continue to move through the Christmas season. And it but it will be interesting to see how that impacts it. But I found it interesting that they, yes, they hired plenty of workers, but they've also incentivized it f- for something like I think I remember the 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 stewards are going to receive double and triple pay if they don't take any time off. If they don't, if they do their scheduled work days and don't call in sick, bam, there's an incentive there. So again, you hire people and then you incentivize them to show up to work every day and then, wow, you get stuff done. Unless, as the one guy said, well, unless there's bad weather. Right, you yeah, know, yeah. The one caveat is if there's bad weather, that screws it up. If you guys remember a few weeks ago, you know, they had like 2,000 canceled airline flights in one day. Well, it had to do with high winds in one of the hubs. Yeah, it can be, it can be
1: unpredictable and we've all heard probably the, you know, potential that uh, there could be this big... You know, bad winter. It looks like that's been held off, which hopefully is going to mean that at least through Christmas, uh, we might get lucky and the airlines might be able to keep up with everything. So, because some of the busiest days obviously are um, are yet to come. So, we're also going to look though at the front lines of the supply crisis. What's going on there? We've talked about this before: the jammed up ports, the packed rail yards. Uh, but there's a few surprises to talk about as well, uh, because. As you look at what you know what the issues are, it's actually not. and and this is I think this is interesting because you say supply chain shortages, and people, I think a lot of people initially think right, Lance, that oh, we're having trouble manufacturing enough goods. Well, that is true in some cases. But for the most part, it's the manufacturing bit has caught up a lot of the overseas stuff is caught up. It's sitting out in um out in the harbor area of. La because it cannot get into port. So to unload, and then once it's unloaded, is there a truck driver to take it to where it needs to go? And once it gets to where it needs to go, is there anybody to unload the truck? You know, uh, well, and we skipped a few steps there because uh, you know, is there anybody to unload the ship uh, once it's unloaded and sitting on a truck in the yard? Is there anybody to take it to where it needs to go to get loaded on the truck that's going to take it someplace else? Is there somebody to drive the truck? You know, once it gets to where it goes, is there somebody to unload the truck? Is there somebody to sort it, to send it to where it goes next? I mean, and on it goes, right? And if you're lucky enough that it can make it all the way through those many steps, then the question becomes, can UPS, can
2: FedEx, can the postal service get it to you? Because people started early, right? People listened and started early, which means before the influx started with their, 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 their Gotta typical high the curve, baby. And, and so, <laughs> wow, because people listened, it was like the interesting, they brought it up that, well, retailers have tried to do this for years and nobody was like, yeah, well, we'll just put it off. But now people are listening and they are like, huh, going to have trouble. I'm going to get my Christmas shopping done early. And it's interesting too. And we'll talk about where are they doing their Christmas shopping. Are they waiting for FedEx and UPS to deliver it or are we getting out and going back to the old brick and mortar stores that a few years ago we did an episode that said they might be gone or are they I
1: think the appearance of them is going to change right is what we're going is what we're going to hear about and the other thing I just want to mention this I'm I'm amazed that we haven't been able to do a show on this yet because I don't think the reporting, if it's out there, we haven't found it. So if you know about it, you should send us an email, podcast at the stateofus.org. And you're like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm talking about Amazon. Lance was telling me the other day and I observed it was funny, the same day around the same time. I mean, I don't know about where you live, but if I order something from Amazon, it's delivered by Amazon. The days of you know UPS, FedEx, the postal service... I don't think I've gotten anything through Amazon that was delivered by one of a third party in a long time. And my point there is, how is that changing the demand on FedEx and UPS? You know, it's, well, how much can one company have? Well, I mean, we talked about just a few years ago that Amazon was the reason that You know, I mean, it wasn't Amazon's fault. It was that people were ordering so much through Amazon and that Amazon was reliant on third parties that that was what caused a lot of those delays.
2: And now Amazon has built their own distribution centers and their own delivery system. And so it's taken pressure off the U.S. Postal Service, UPS, and FedEx.
1: So, I mean, I know they're not thrilled to lose that business, but at the same time, it would really be interesting. I'd love to see a piece on talking to people at those organizations and saying, how has that helped and or hurt your business? Because I got to believe that there's a benefit in, when we talked about it's low margin, you know, anyway, but everything that Amazon did was particularly low margin because Amazon was able to negotiate, you know, such good deals with them that I'm wondering if they even feel that it's a bad thing or if they're just relieved that they're not putting up with as much as that. Now, I know there's a lot of places where you still get things. I'm just saying here where we are, but Ohio has a lot of big Amazon distribution centers and they have a big air uh, hub nearby as well. So I'm sure some of that plays into it, Lance, because I know there's lots of people around the country where Amazon, you know, still does not deliver through Amazon. They deliver through a third party. But I'd love to see something on that. And to Lance's point, as he teased it, uh, even Amazon has has discovered the need for brick and mortar stores, but they're not going to be exactly like what we're used to. What are we talking about? To find out, keep it here on a state of us. We'll be right back.
0: With the Lucky Lance slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Airlines and supply chain problems, they could definitely impact your holiday plans. Although it looks like, I mean, for the most part, it looks like airlines should be okay. I was just remarking to Lance before the show, though, that uh, if I don't have to fly this time of year, i don't I don't plan to. There's a possibility that it's going to happen. But um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky because the airports are gonna be busy. And it sounds like the biggest area you got to be aware of as our last tip here um, is those security lines and the traffic leading into the airport, right? Because just because the airlines can be as efficient as they want, Lance, right? But if you can't get to the gate of your of your plane, uh, the rest of it really doesn't matter, right? I mean, uh, American Southwest, Spirit Airlines, Allegiant, whatever—they uh, don't have you know a lot of control over whether or not security's moving out and whether or not you can get parked and get into the airport. And and those would be the areas, according to this piece in the Wall Street Journal, that you got to be on the lookout for because the airlines are meeting it. That doesn't mean that the rest of the infrastructure is meeting it. Um, there was a lady that arrived. Three or four hours ahead of her flight, and made it to the gate only a couple minutes mm-hmm. before they departed. Yeah. Even
2: though she flew in a smaller airport where traffic Correct. usually isn't as bad,
1: she we, she was avoiding, uh, wasn't it Los Angeles LAX? Airport? Yep, yeah, she was. She was, mm-hmm. and I'm
2: familiar with that area because I don't fly into LAX. I fly into uh, John Wayne or use Burbank because of that very thing. It's just easier to get in and out of. And she was flying um, out of the Burbank, L.A uh terminal and met with gridlock and then over an hour wait just to get inside the facility to and barely caught her plane as it was boarding yes
1: so so that's obviously you got to look out for that um on a supply chain side to lance's point i think the only thing you can do is order now you know uh do not wait i mean hopefully you've already ordered some stuff but if you haven't uh get to it and if you're not going to if
2: you're not going to get to it then you might be stuck Doing it the old-fashioned way, right? You stole my intro. I was saying, you know, you don't have to order it. You can always do it the old-fashioned way, like yours truly, the Grinch slash Santa Claus, and you can go to the store. You can go to the store and do that. Have you been to the store yet? Are Mm -hmm. you
1: going to the store?
2: To do any shopping? Yeah. None. Okay. You're, you're uh, it's, it's way too early, dude. I'm still recovering <laughs> from Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. I can't get... Got I mean, it. Everybody knows. I can't ho, ho, ho into the Christmas season when I'm still trying to recover. Uh, I'm getting in Christmas shopping shape. Okay. You know, you got to lift a few big, heavy packages and get your geometry to pack the car up as you uh, buy the go from store to store. So, you know, I'm getting in that mode of going to the brick and mortar stores to do my shopping. But I'm not going to be alone, it sounds like. It says... Consumer demand has been strong as Americans continue to spend despite rising prices and global supply chain snarls. This is an article from the Wall Street Journal, uh, and it says that consumers have spent nearly $640 billion in the U.S. retail stores and restaurants in the month of October, more than $120 billion increase. From October of 2019, Walmart, Home Depot, and others have reported strong quarterly results and said they've been able to stock up ahead of Black Friday. The retailers that depend on foot traffic knew this was coming and got their supplies early and now they're better stocked. So when you go and you're like, I don't know if it's going to get there or not, or, you know, you order online and you hit send. you know, you, you you say, yes, I want to purchase this. And they say, well, we'll get it there by January 3rd. You're like, oh crap, I need this for Christmas. You can go to some of these places and you can pick the things up that you want and deliver them yourself. So um, I think it's, I think it's interesting Because this has kind of sidled up on us because we were talking before, well, would brick and mortar continue? You know, I mean, we had the pandemic and ordering online and people got used to that. And, you know, you asked about the Jackson household and now that you guys have done this. You know what? I haven't used Kroger's grocery thing in about six months. I go (laughs) into the store myself. He hated it. Hated it. And and, just so you know, you go back and listen to that show. I said, no, I will be back in the store. And Justin goes, no, I think you'll like it. Yeah, I just got done shredding all of those orders. I hate it. And it it. was interesting. (laughs) I had over 50 orders from Kroger's online. Guess how many of them were completely filled? Oh, not many. One. 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 Two percent. 2% Two percent
1: of my I Kroger y- orders were filled. Y- y- you're you you were buying weird stuff or something. I don't know. I mean, I I've had trouble getting everything fulfilled. But yeah, I don't think yeah. I've had that much ketchup trouble. and sugar. They heard it and was bread. you. Uh-huh. They, ketchup, they,
2: sugar, and bread. That's tough. Yep. Because yeah, that's all I can afford is to eat a ketchup sandwich. Oh,
1: <laughs> with sugar <laughs> with sugar. A <laughs> right. Little ketchup on
2: the white bread. Pour on the sugar and slap on the top piece of white bread. And if, and if you know <laughs> if we can afford the electricity, I'll do a little toast. Oh, <laughs> yeah. toasted bread. (laughs) But no, what do you think of that? I mean, you were sitting here saying, oh, you know, no, 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 you know, and before anybody says anything, well, why are you out there, you know, risking the virus? I'm fully vaccinated and have my booster. So, but what do you think of this whole idea of the brick and mortar stores? You know, you've you've hinted, yes, some of them are kind of changing a little bit, but other interesting things. I've got a couple pieces here where I want to share that some online companies who never wanted a brick or mortar store are now opening them up because their their customers have been asking for them.
1: Yeah, actually, one of the companies uh, that's mentioned there is one that I use. It's called Untuckit, and that's some, the
2: one I was going to use. Yeah, so some so of you may some of you may be
1: familiar with it, um, but they started as a strictly online, um, you know, men's shirts uh, company. And they've evolved. Of course, they do more than just shirts now. But the whole thinking was, I mean, I think the premise behind their company is, as the name implies, it's button down shirts for men that are designed to stay untucked. So, you know, the, the classic issue with your, your, your nicer button down shirts, right, is that they're designed to be tucked in. So they're longer. And then when you untuck them, they can kind of look you know, sloppy or or whatever. and And so this company decided, you know, well, hey, we can do something about that. If people want to wear these untucked, let's just cut them so that they're designed to be worn untucked. But I think they also found, and I found this using the company, I like their shirts. I got no problem with their shirts. But the first time that I used them, I did have to return a couple things via mail because they did not, you know, fit. The way that they needed to. And if I had been able to go to a store and try them on, then I never would have bought the wrong thing. And I still buy their shirts, but now I know what to get. And I think part of what they found, Lance, right, is that they they actually have seen a substantial boost in online sales within a 10-mile radius of every place that they open stores. So, and, and here's, the, here's how it's changing, right? And this is, I think this is key. Um, there are a lot of things Great about online shopping, and there's plenty of things that I don't have any problem buying online and never seeing in person, right? Like, especially f- take for example a new book, right? If it's a book that I already know that I want, I'm happy to go online and buy it, have it you know mailed to me. That's not a big deal. But things like the shirts or uh, furniture, this is a big one. I recently bought a new bookcase for our study, and. Yeah, I'll, you know, fess up to it was purchased from Ikea, but it was purchased from, see, Ikea is responding to some consumer demands. It's from their solid wood line, um, which is, of course, the more expensive one, but they now have some products that are, you know, not total junk. not that everything they have is total junk. I <laughs> just don't mean to suggest that. Nah, but.
2: <laughs> <just> <laughs> send, send your remarks to uh, uh, Justin on that one, folks, okay? Um, if, you, you know, if you're an Ikea shopper. Well, when is the
1: last time mm-hmm. that
2: you purchased a piece of Ikea furniture? Who, me? Yeah. Well, it was before the pandemic. Okay, well, see. I've been there, but, you know. No, the last time I was in Ikea, we did we did it. Um, Who made mm-hmm. you go? We did an—it oh, was a family outing. We did an Ikea— um what was it called like a um treasure hunt? Oh. We got online uh-huh. and you had to um post pictures of doing different things or putting together different displays in an IKEA so you we divided up into teams and then it was who could complete it the fastest and so you have to know know your way around the store and you know lay down in an ikea bed and take a picture of yourself or or you know uh, dress like a superhero based out of what you could find in ikea it was really kind of a fun family thing
1: the reason i brought up ikea though was because of uh, this was an example of what i think Stores are finding companies are
2: finding. These don't give me any credit for ever getting out. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, well you, do you know what IKEA I, is. I, I, yeah, I know what IKEA I, is. I said, when I, got it, a, I, got I said, big, when is the last time you big, bought something from there? Huge IKEA bags that you <laughs> load stuff up in, so that you know it's cheaper when you get out. I have a feeling though that you don't go of your own volition. <laughs> I don't go anywhere in my Well, that's shit. what I mean.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I know you get out, but you get out because other people
2: make you go out. Right. <laughs> or because the people you want to see well, are Well, you do understand now the history component here. You know, the whole Ikea restaurant thing, because my family was big on mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, well, if we want to go eat, let's go eat. But Ikea is just following what Sears and Penny's and Macy's did 150 years ago. They all opened just up with less service. eateries <laughs> so that people would stay and shop all day long. So again, not a new concept that Ikea came up with. They're just doing what used to do because if you want to just keep me here all day to look at all your stuff and buy more things, I'm going to get thirsty and hungry in the middle of it. So you need a place where I can have get some rest and some food and, and drink so that I can continue to shop and buy your wares. That's not a new concept, folks. It's a tried and true one. IKEA is just smart enough to implement it.
1: And adapt it, Uh, just like everything else, right? Little tweaks. Because I've been thinking about Sears. If you wanted a big item at Sears, you needed to find somebody. And then that person would go get it and they would bring it back, you know, and then you could check out. Well, that's not how it works at
2: IKEA. That's how you millennials did it. (laughs) In my day, we ordered it from the catalog. Well, yeah, and it was shipped to the catalog store in your small town, (laughs) yes. And then you went and picked it up. But see, that's the same. That is part of um,
1: retailers are are discovering that in the in the advent of online ordering, that the brick and mortar stores, and that's what we're going to talk about, are actually very valuable. And how are they valuable to online orders? I'm sure some of you already have ideas. But to find out the full answer and some of the surprise points, you'll have to keep it here on The State of Us. And we'll be right back.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: The whole purpose of me mentioning Ikea, just to be clear, was that I was talking about something that I think we're seeing millennials uh, sort of figure out as part of their, you know, how much online shopping is too much online shopping versus, well, I spent a good bit of time researching what I wanted online before I ever went to Ikea. I did not go to discover what I wanted. Um, So when I went... I thought, you know, well, here's two or three options, but I want to see them. You know, I need to see them in person. I need, I I want to get an idea of how big this thing is, you know, and how it's going to feel before I buy it. Cause I'd hate to buy this thing and go to all this hassle of putting it together and then, you know, hate it. Uh, that, that'd not be good. So I had two or three ideas. I knew where they were. I went in, I looked at them. I hate this one. You know, this one's good though. I like this one. So let's get it, you know? And that was my point of before going to the store, I had done the online component. Um, And I think that that's an important. I also didn't go to the store closest to me, Lance, because the store closest to me didn't have it. So see, that was a, those were all things that the online part was really good at, right? It could excel at telling me, hey, does the store have it? No, this other store, though, they have it. Is it on display? No. Okay, well, this one is. And and I knew all that going into it. And, and that's part of this balance that some of these companies
2: are finding with certain types of items, right? Well, there's two or three examples here, but I'm going to use Dick's Sporting Goods and um, Ms. R- Ms. Reller, the senior environment and visual merchandiser at Dick's Sporting Goods. I love that title. But she says, Dick's Sporting Goods is adding a fleet of more than 800 stores by opening newer concepts that include the House of Sport, <clears throat> public lands, and golf galaxy stores that have interactive features such as batting cages, rock climbing walls, and putting greens. Sounds like your kind of place,
1: and less the says, rock climbing wall But here's part.
2: the key, of the, to quote Ms. Reller, people research online... But many times they want to try it before they buy it. To your point Man. about the furniture, almost I mean, like I read that article, almost like you did, or they've read your mind uh, and know how to get you yes. in to spend money. That's right. We'll go um, with that one. Another one, Levi Strauss. Everybody likes their jeans, right? Yeah. Well, well, know,
1: I don't know about everybody, but yes. well, most people do. But okay. they are. Do you opening, like
2: Levi's? Do I? No.
1: Okay. Um, hate them.
2: Yeah. Got it. Well, I don't hate them. <laughs> I just. My shape and build, they're not comfortable to wear. Okay. I think what
1: what, what I th- brand of jeans is-, um, is Well, I don't wear jeans very often.
2: No, I know. It's yeah. rare. I, I, think, I think what's in my closet are Levi's that somebody got me for a present. Oh, okay. But I think where I'm going is I've, I've lost a lot of weight, and so I can't find a belt that I like. I think I'm going to suspenders. I think maybe I would wear more pants yes. if I get suspenders and the, the
1: bow tie and, and, the, and the suspenders. Is, well yeah, but <laughs> you
2: know, people would say, "Oh, yeah, you wear suspenders because you can't find a belt to go around you." Well, the point is I've lost so much weight. I don't like the way the belt feels anymore to keep my pants up. I got to tighten it so much, you know, to hold my pants up because I lost my belly. Um, I think I might go to suspenders. Then I might put it on jeans more often. But Levi Strauss is going to stores where you can buy customized t-shirts or add patches or embroidery to your jeans. So again, it's not to your point. It's not that I'm going into the Levi store and there's 50,000 pairs of jeans in the store. No, that's not what they're going to do there. They have it.
1: Is it on display? No. Okay, well, this one is. And and I knew all that going into it. And, and that's part of this balance that some of these companies are finding with certain types of items, right?
2: Well, there's two or three examples here, but I'm going to use Dick's Sporting Goods and um, Ms. R- Ms. Reller, the Senior Environment and Visual Merchandiser at Dick's Sporting Goods. I love that title. But she says... Dick's Sporting Goods is adding a fleet of more than 800 stores by opening newer concepts that include the House of Sport, public lands, and golf galaxy stores that have interactive features such as batting cages, rock climbing walls, and putting greens.
1: Sounds like your kind of place, less the rock climbing wall But
2: here's the key. To quote Ms. Reller, people research online, but many times they want to try it before they buy it. To your point Man. about the furniture. I almost mean, like I read that article. Almost like you did. Or they've read your mind and ah, know how to get you yes. in to spend money. That's right. We'll go um, with that one. Another one, Levi Strauss. Everybody likes their jeans, right? Yeah. Well, well, know, I don't know about everybody, but yes. Well, most people do. But okay. they are Do you opening, like Levi's? Do I?
1: No. Okay. Um, hate them.
2: Yeah. Got it. Well, I don't hate them. <laughs> I just- My shape and build, they're not comfortable to wear. What
1: what brand of jeans is- is Well, well, I don't wear jeans
2: very often. No, I know. It's rare. I I think think what's in my closet are Levi's that somebody got me for a present. Oh, okay. But I think where I'm going is I've, I've lost a lot of weight, and so I can't find a belt that I like. I think I'm going to suspenders. I think maybe I would wear more pants yes. if I get suspenders. And the,
1: the bow tie and, and, the, and the suspenders.
2: Thing is, well, yeah, you know, people would say, "Oh, yeah, you wear suspenders because you can't find a belt to go around you." Well, the point is, I've lost so much weight, I don't like the way the belt feels anymore to keep my pants up. I got to tighten it so much, you know, to hold my pants up because I lost my belly. Um, I think I might go to suspenders. Then I might put it on jeans more often. But Levi Strauss is going to stores where you can buy customized t-shirts or add patches or embroidery to your jeans. So again, it's not to your point. It's not that I'm going into the Levi store and there's 50,000 pairs of jeans in the store. No, that's not what they're going to do there. You're going to know what you want to buy and then you go and get it customized. Customized the way you want it. You know. Yep. I, yeah, I
1: think that's going to be an increasing trend of, they've realized that they can be an important part of the fulfillment process. We talked about this a number of months ago, is that it is much better for the company if they can have a physical location and you come pick it up than, having to take care of the last mile. And the last mile for those that don't remember is that I mean, it's a term. It doesn't actually mean the last you know, physical mile. It refers to the final portion of the journey from the company to the customer's house. That is always the most expensive and time consuming portion. And it's also the one that can be the most problematic. And so you have a lot of retailers, which Lance is explaining, that are looking at, okay, well, we can add some things, right? Like a putting green or a rock climbing wall or something that you're not going to have at home, probably, right? Um, Or a batting cage. And, or most people, I mean, if you're, you know, on the Jackson estate, you might have room for all this nonsense, but. And we do. But most people, uh, you know, in their, in their, City dwellings do not have room for all of that. So we add these things that give you a reason to come regardless. And then if you order something from our company, right? Oh, you can pick it up at the store the next time you're there. And it's that it's that same Ikea thing of the food, right? It's, well, you needed to come pick up your order, but oh, hey, you know, while you're here, your order is probably about golf anyway. We have a putting was Why don't you practice your putting? Pay us, you know, whatever. And, and so it's that it's good for the companies. Uh, Because it gives them a place to fulfill the order and avoid some of those supply chain issues because they have more reliability and control generally over getting from their distribution center to their store than they do getting from their store or distribution center to your home.
2: And I think to end with this, okay, and this is as the brick-and-mortar stores are sidling up and dovetailing in with e-commerce –
1: you're really sidling one up to this of, article.
2: I am well, and you're just trying to score a point. But I'm already five to one, so just be <laughs> quiet. You lost. Hey, I
1: said. I said it. I said it at least twice at the beginning.
2: Um, I don't think you did. You just. Okay. You just repeated me. Well, yes, but that doesn't count. You have to use oh, it. Oh, that sounds like yeah. a new rule. And um, but it. This quote from a economic researcher, principal analyst for Forrester Research, says, "It's not like it's stores against e-commerce anymore." They play an integral role in supporting each other. The old story that stores are dead is simply not true. So to your earlier point, they'll look a little different, but the e-commerce people have found out that there's a, a need to have a brick and mortar store for some reason, depending on your product, you know, whether it's they want to try it or you can get customized wear or they want to see it first before they buy it. And the stores obviously have found out that there is – the old brick-and-mortar stores have found out that for years the e-commerce piece is important to them. But – and we haven't mentioned this – the cost to advertise for these e-commerce has gone up tremendously. So to find new business that way is very expensive and so it's actually a little bit cheaper because – All these buildings have been built and all the owners of these buildings now need somebody in them so that they can make money. So now it's actually cheaper in some locations to rent a storefront and as a couple of the owners said, it's like a walking billboard for us to have this storefront than it is to pay for advertising on Facebook and other markets because... Supply and demand, right? Basic business principle. The more people that want to advertise about their e-commerce trade, the higher the rates are. And so now it's actually cheaper to, quote, advertise by having a brick and mortar store in the shopping center with a big sign up there. And now people can come in and say, oh, I like this or not like this. And then they can go e-commerce and order what they want online so you don't have to carry a big stock but you can find out what you like. You can try on the size so you know it fits and then you order it online. And so it, it serves dual purpose both ways. And, and landlords are uh,
1: sidling up to this as well because they're now willing, right, to consider shorter lease terms, which gives traditional e-commerce companies some peace of mind. And in some cases, tie rent to sales, which is really interesting when you think about it, because it can be, not always, but it can be a win-win. If the store is doing really well, you're going to have to pay more. You know, store is not doing so hot, you're going to pay less. Um, I think there's a whole conversation to be had about that generally, but obviously the fact that landlords are willing to do it